Well, good morning and thank you for joining us today. We're going to look at the book of Acts and continue some themes on there. So if you've got your Bible, please turn with me to Acts chapter 6. I'm going to be speaking on this passage this week and also next week live at the Old Savoy. So please, it'd be great if you could just read chapter 6 and just get a feel of, of what is going on there. The title of our message today is Be Alert. Acts 6 verse 1 says, In those days when the number of the disciples were increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit of wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. When you read the book of Acts in the early stages, the church grew rapidly and thousands were being added to the church. Acts 2.42 gives us a little clue of what probably helped that growth. Apart from the uh, the Holy Spirit being there with them and in them. It says that the disciples devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. I believe that the effectiveness of our lives as Christians, not only as a corporate body, but also individuals in our work with God, is that we have to keep our devotion in these areas. Priority of the Word of God in our lives, prayer, and also fellowship and the breaking of bread. What does that mean for us? All these things help us connect with our relationship with God and with the church and other people. And the enemy will try and distract us in our personal walk with God and the local church to get us away from these priorities. If he can do that in your own walk, in your own life, if he can get you away from the word of God, if he can get you away from talking to God, which is prayer, if he can get you away from fellowship and also the breaking of bread, what does that mean? Focusing on Jesus. When we come to take communion later, it's because Jesus is our focus and what he's done for us on the cross. And the enemy will always try and get us focused off everything else apart from the priority of Jesus. And so we need to focus our, our lives, making sure that the word of God dwells in us richly, that we are communion with God, and also that we are fellowshipping with the people of God, that our relationships are right, not only with our Heavenly Father, but also with his kids on earth. So I remember Mark Ryan preaching to us a few weeks ago, and he said, we need to allow the factor that we are in a spiritual battle. And I want to um, talk to us today about two areas of where the enemy will try and rob us of those priorities and what he tried to do with the early church. 1 Peter 5 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. So we know the enemy looks to devour the people of God, to take us away from the purposes of God. Is the other enemy that Peter talks about in 1 Peter 2 verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Here we have two enemies. Number one, the enemy, the devil, he seeks to devour us. And number two, the enemy that was within our sinful desires will also try and take over our priorities and our devotion to serve the Lord. 
The Holy Spirit was active and involved in the New Testament church and also active today. And so I want to say to you, at the same time, the Holy Spirit, as you read the first few chapters, is about the Holy Spirit coming. Also, that the, the evil spirit of Satan also begin to manifest right at the same time, trying to cause problems in the early church. Let's look at three things, what will try and come into your life and a church's life to try and throw us off our priorities. Number one is persecution. You know, when Jesus talks about the parables of the sower of the seed, it talks about the enemy coming to snatch the word. The seed, the word of God, which brings life and actually brings faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So, and in Mark 4, it says, since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, because the word of God is fallen away quickly or taken away by the enemy. So persecution in our lives and as a church life may try and take us away hardship from the things of God. If you look at what happened to Stephen, this is the extreme of persecution that he was taken and stoned to death in Acts 7 verse 57. So we may say, well, we're not getting stoned like that. And I know right now across the world, people are dying for the faith. But you know, when you look at persecution, it can come really subtle for us and we probably have never recognized it before in our lives. Acts 2 says some however made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Do you know when you're trying to serve God and you have friends that doesn't know Jesus or family and you know sometimes will people make fun of you and I know the challenges of, of years ago first becoming a Christian people made fun of me now that I was a follower of Jesus and it can have been quite intimidating and thinking I, I, shall I continue to to uh, share my faith and tell them about what God's done for me because they were making fun of the stance of my new lifestyle and maybe today you're thinking well I'm not getting stoned but you know some people's making fun of you because you say I'm a Christian and I go to church and I want to serve God please don't uh, don't please don't allow that the big things of persecution to allow these small things to come into your heart and begin to put you off. Acts 4 says that it says we must warn them not to speak about this name any longer. Intimidation can come into our lives when we want to stand up and talk about the truth of the gospel. You know, in our society today right now, when we, we are frightened to say things because people will pick us up of, well, you know, what about the freedom of speech? And are we allowed to say things anymore about our stance in our faith? And they can begin to intimidate us and tell us that we're not allowed to, to share our freedom of speech anymore about what we believe. And that can be a persecution to the church. And then in verse 20, it says, after their threats, in the words, a real, it goes further than that. They're threatening you now that we don't want to hear about this Jesus anymore. We want you to stop speaking about him. And we can see the enemy begin to use persecution to stop the church from making the word of God priority in the life of the church. In Acts 5, it says the high priests and all their associates were filled with jealousy. Isn't it interesting? They were filled with the Holy Spirit, the New Testament church. Now the, the opponents were filled with jealousy. And so the enemy will, will use all kinds of things. You know, when people see you doing really well following Jesus, it's amazing how people don't want you to do that. And jealousy can grip their hearts and begin to try and stop you from filling the, the word of God in your life. And Acts 6, as we come to this part of point one, then these people secretly persuaded some men to say things that he never did. In other words, they lied about Stephen. 
And you know something, when people don't tell the truth about you, you want to draw back. You feel like, you know, I don't want to no longer continue anymore because people are not being accurate about your walk with God or about your lifestyle. I want to say to you today, persecution can come in all kinds of ways. And so in Acts 6, so they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. You have to watch out for the stirrers in your life because it can begin to intimidate you. People will make fun of you. I want to say you need to stand firm in your faith. Don't be intimidated about what you believe in the word of God, that Jesus is Lord of all. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. And we will never stop saying that. No matter what um, people will tell us, we're not going to keep silent. We're going to speak the truth in love because we must have love with truth or or become hard-hearted. And so I want to say today, if you're going through a hard time, know it's a part of the journey, but don't allow it to stop you from getting into your word, from fellowship and prayer with God. Smith Wiggleworth was a great man of faith and he says this, great faith is a product of great fights. Great testimonies are the outcome of great tests and great triumphs can only come out of great trials. I want to say if you're going through a difficult time today because you're standing firm in your faith, do not lose heart. Don't allow the word of God to be snatched from you and just resist the enemy by keep standing and taking your ground. The early church Uh, The enemy tried to bring persecution to stop them, but the church began to grow even more with persecution. The second thing that we can see that tried to stop them from their priorities was sinful desires. Acts 5 tells us about a couple, Ananias and Sapphira, who then says that they were filled. It says, Peter says, Satan has filled your heart that you've lied to the Holy Spirit. Isn't it amazing? The power of the Holy Spirit falls. Thousands are being saved. And these Christians allow the enemy to fill their heart because of their pride. We have to watch pride in our lives. Our sinful desires can cause us to do things with the wrong motive. You know, these people didn't need to give their money uh, to the church at all. But they wanted to be seen that they were spiritual. And they made agreement at home that they were going to say to to the apostles we're going to give you our home but we're not going to actually tell you that we're going to keep some back for ourselves that they try to 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 uh, have an outward appearance of spirituality uh, but yet there wasn't walking in integrity because they wanted to uh, other people to see that they were super spiritual so they could have influence in the life of the church and you know the lord would probably say you know i can't allow this couple to have any influence in in our church right now when god is moving so powerfully because if 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 people think they're so spiritual but their heart is filled with deceit and so i want to say to you the sinful nature folks you got just can't blame the devil We have to be aware that our hearts are deceitful above all things. And we need to keep our hearts right before God. We have to make sure that pride doesn't get in. And someone said, pride opens the door to every other sin in our life. For once we are more concerned with our reputations than our character, there is no end to the things that we will do just to make make ourselves look good before others see that was the sin of this couple they wanted to look good but yet they weren't living in truth or integrity if they'd have come to the apostles and says look we've sold our house but we're going to give you this amount this amount and it was truthful 
then they, they would have still been around serving the Lord. I want to say to you, we have to watch out in our lives about our sinful desires. We have to watch our ego. We have to watch our self-promotion. We ask ourselves, why are we doing this? Why are we putting ourselves on Facebook? Is it because we really want to see people come to the Lord? Is it because we really want to worship the Lord and honour him? Or is it about my self-promotion and about how let people see how spiritual I am? You know, we have to watch our hearts because it's the wellspring of life. The Apostle Paul really knew about the temptation of our hearts of sinfulness. He didn't put it under the carpet and he brought it to the light many times in the New Testament. Sexual immorality in the Corinthian church, greed, all kinds of things. The Apostle Paul realised if he didn't speak in love against that and deal with it, it could ruin the life of the church. Let me tell you something. If you allow sin to reign in your life, the word of God will be non-existent your prayer life will begin to fall by the wayside. And so I want to say, watch out, watch your heart, make sure that you're focused on the Lord, keeping the word, keeping fellowship and keep in prayer. Ephesians says, but among you there must not be, even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Here's the thing, God disciplined that couple and unfortunately they didn't have the privilege of continuing the growth of the church now I believe that they, they were born again and they were they put their trust in Jesus I don't believe that they may not have been in hell because of their mistake but God somehow allowed them to be removed out the way to allow the church to go on and you know sometimes sin in our life affects us so much that we may be delayed in the purposes of God. Let me tell you, if, you're, if, you're, if that's you today, you deliberately know that you're not living right before God, don't allow that to take you out. Let the word of God be priority again in your life. And as we look at one more sin that happened, and you know when we this word sin, nobody wants to hear about it anymore. But let me tell you, it's what will take you out of following Jesus. It will take a church out. In those days, in Acts 6, it says, when the numbers of the disciples were increasing... The Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Here was a need, a genuine need, that was being overlooked because the church was growing. Any church that will grow will always overlook people's needs. Now, that doesn't mean to say we don't want to look at what we need to meet and make adjustments to meet those needs because this was a need that needed to be met. To be met. But how they went around to try and get this need met was the wrong way. It says that they were complaining. Do you know something? God hates complaining. Many of the people of God in the Old Testament didn't make the purpose of God because they were grumbling and they were complaining. I want to say to you, in our lives and in church life, many churches have been destroyed because of gossip and division. And we can't afford to have that. When the Holy Spirit falls, how can we have dissension? How can we have gossip in the midst of that? Well, here we are. Here's a fight with the widows and they begin to grumble and complain. Now, we need to have constructive criticism, but we must watch ourselves when we get into gossip and begin to have division. There was a monk who joined a monastery and he took a vow of silence. After the first 10 years, his superior called him in and asked, do you have anything to say? The monk replied, 
food bad. Another 10 years, the monk again had another opportunity to voice his thoughts and he said, bed hard. Another 10 years went by and again he was called in before his superior. And when asked if he had anything to say, he responded, I quit. And so his superior said, it doesn't surprise me a bit. You've done nothing but complain ever since you've been here. Do you know something? Complaining can take you out the purposes of God. Gossip can ruin your walk with other people and also your walk with God. Proverbs 6 says this, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and listen to the last one, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Wow! God hates that because he knows how much pain and distraction it can cause to the body of Christ. Ephesians says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know, keeping unity in a church takes effort. Keeping unity in a church needs to make sure we guard our hearts. Ephesians says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Keeping the unity, keeping our lives focused takes effort. So persecution can come and knock you off your pedestal. Also, sinful desires can come in and rob you of the best in God. And thirdly and finally, distraction. Distraction. I wonder today if what it is that you're focused on in your life. What is priority right now in your world? Are you being distracted so much that you've now the word of God is nowhere in your daily habit? What about prayer? What about thinking that I may need to fellowship again with the body of Christ? What is coming to your life? We know that COVID's hit, but what is there in our lives right now that is causing you a distraction to make this a priority in your life? So the disciples realised that no matter how much there was a need with these widows, they could not be distracted to the priority of the word of God in their lives. And I want to tell you there are many things that will come along in our lives and they may not, may not be bad things because this wasn't a bad thing. The widows needed help but they realized that if they would give their time to that then something would be neglected and if the word of God would have been neglected the church would not have grown so they needed to make sure that need was met by somebody else so they could focus on what their priority was what I'm saying to you is that our priorities need to be priority and we can get distracted there's a study in the UK and America says that mobile phones are a massive distraction and actually they cause 25% of all accidents driving i wonder how many times a day that phone pings your attention and we get distracted another distraction is when employees were asked about a survey they said of obviously the biggest distractions is cell phones texting the internet email social media and the last one which i think i'm i'm like an instigator of staff that drop in for a chat you know i often do that 
and probably distract our team from talking about stuff that's got nothing to do with what they're doing right now. But do you know how easy it is to get distracted in our walk with God? And we have to make sure that we keep priority in our life. It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. I wonder what it is for you today. I wonder what it is that you are waiting on in your life. And I wonder if it's neglecting the word of God. All the stuff that you, the tables that you're serving right now may be amazing. They may be meeting people's needs, but not at the expense of the word of God and your walk with God as priority. And so these needs were met by other people. There are two things that will try and distract us, and that is obviously the table of temptation. And we see Jesus. Isn't it interesting how the enemy has nothing new under the sun in his tactics? He comes to Jesus and he takes him to a very high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the earth and all its splendor. And he said, I will give you all this if you will bow down and worship me. And how does Jesus respond? He said, away from me, Satan, for it is written. If Jesus did not have the word of God priority in his life, the temptation of worldly wealth would have distracted him from his purpose. Satan will come to us as Christians and he'll offer you the same kind of temptation. And if you've not got your finance mammon sorted in your life with God, making sure he's first, that temptation will always be round the corner. 1 Timothy says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from their faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So we know that we can get distracted. And Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either he'll love the one or hate the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can have money, but it can't have you. And finally, as we come to a close, the last table which will try and stop you from priority, I call it the table of busyness. The table of busyness. Luke 10 says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had an sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Interesting, isn't it? But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that she had to make. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few are needed, or indeed only one. What was the priority that Jesus, you know, Mary wasn't doing something bad. Or Martha, to be actual fact, she wasn't doing anything bad, she was serving the Lord. But Jesus said, but not at the expense of making the word of my words to you priority. And do you know something? When you're serving the Lord, you, you can also substitute that from spending time with Jesus. My, my appeal to you today is don't get distracted 
by all means, give everything to the Lord in service, but not at the expense of spending time with him. See, if the enemy can get you away from spending time with the Lord, your service becomes tarnished. Listen to a few things and I'm going to close. She said, don't you care? When you serve the Lord and you don't keep your relationship with the Lord, you, you lose, you, you, your, your, your sight gets distorted with God. She said, don't you care? See what happened? She doubted God's character. See, when you lose your walk with God and you serve him only without your relationship, you're so easily distracted about God's character. Don't you care about me, Lord? Why has this happened to me? Don't allow your distortion of God if you must keep your word Here's your relationship with priority. You've left me by myself. It becomes a pity party. Why am I the only one doing this? Nobody else is doing it but me. And then she said, tell her to help me. She began to get angry with others. That's how you know something's happening to you. And then she said, you are worried and upset about many things. When you allow these things to begin priority in your life, begin to upset you, begin to think of the only one doing it, begin to doubt what that God is for you, begin to get worried and upset about many things, something has happened, the peace of God has left you, but only a few things are needed. So as we come to a close today, I wonder if any of these things have tried to come in to stop you from making the word of God and your relationship with God priority. Number one, persecution. Number two, sinful desires. And number three, distraction. Let me pray for you before we take communion today. Father God, we thank you for your word because it brings life. And Lord, the priority of today, Lord, is to help your church to make you priority. We thank you for all those that serving and volunteering and we couldn't do without them. But Lord, not at the expense of their walk with you. I ask you, Lord, that they would guard the word of God and prayer in their lives. I pray as a church that we would not substitute anything from preaching the word in season and out of season. I ask you right now, Lord, to help your people refocus on priority, to make Jesus the main thing in their life. And as we take communion today, I pray that will help us focus on the goodness of God.